0: On this episode of the 3 a.m. Coney, Connor Mills from WXDQ in southeast Ohio and New Jersey native, so a huge Jets fan, joins us on the show to preview the matchup against the New York Jets on Sunday. The 3 a.m. Coney starts right now. Well, Connor, um, I don't know if the weather is kind of like where it is for me, where it's not currently 3 a.m. And I know this is 3 a.m., Coney, but it's obviously very difficult to have people call in at 3 a.m. But it feels like 3 a.m. with how dark the skies are today. It feels like the entire Midwest and eastern part of the country on a dreary Friday is just covered in clouds. I don't know if you're feeling or experiencing the same thing down in southeast Ohio, Joey Burroughs' native area, where you and I have both done radio and you're doing radio now How's the weather over there?
1: Weather is uh, exactly what you described up uh, by you. It is cloudy. It's about 57 right now, and nothing but rain scheduled throughout the rest of the day, which hurts us because high school playoffs today, tomorrow, uh, so it'll be a wet first round of the OHS today playoffs for these high school kids coming up. Yeah,
0: same thing for me, heading over to the northwest Indiana, although no lightning, it seems, with this bomb cyclone or whatever it is, so... If there's no lightning, then I think we'll be all right. Because the last thing you and I want is to have games canceled. That's the last thing you and I want. um, Because that's just a big scheduling snafu waiting to happen. Um, But other than the weather. See, but this this is the great thing about weather. And we can compare it as NFL fans, Connor. You, probably on this dreary, cloudy day. As a lifelong Jets fan. Now, to be fair to Connor, he does talk about the Cincinnati Bengals every day on his show. And he's at the original radio station that broadcasted Joe Burrow's high school games. So I guarantee you, they're doing Joe Burrow segments. He'd be pretty silly not to. But despite that, he is a New York Jets fan. So when he wakes up on a dreary day like today, he probably looks outside and it just piles on. It just adds to the pile. us Bengals fans... I mean, there could be meteors of fire through the sky, running into buildings, and I'm not sure you could interrupt the good mood Cincinnati Bengals fans have been in this week after that huge win against the Ravens.
1: Listen, I mean, with the New York Jets, I can't even tell you who our last good quarterback is. I mean, if you're going to go back to Mark Sanchez, maybe. You know, we've had so many changes of personnel and coaches over the years. You know, I mean, yeah, everything seems like it's piling on, but it's not anything recent. You know, I mean, with the Patriots, a 54 to 13 loss, you know, at, at this point, I think Jet fans have just been beaten down so much over the years to where you, know, you, you just kind of shrug it off and you hope that maybe next week's a better week. Uh, But you take a look at the schedule for the Jets, you know, against the Bengals, then you got the Colts, the Bills, You know, maybe a winnable game against the Dolphins or Texans. But, you know, I'm I'm looking all the way ahead to maybe our next potential win is a couple weeks from now. So I'm not even, yes, it was a horrible loss for the New York Jets last week against the Patriots team, which is not good, right? I mean, this Patriots team is not what it's been in the past with Tom Brady leading uh, the Patriots. But 54-13 to 13, with Mac Jones leading the way, like that, that's an awful loss for New York. And on top of that, you lost you know, your rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. So nothing, nothing has gone right for the Jets. Uh, not this year, not the previous year, and not for a while. Well, you know, I know Zach was struggling.
0: But if Zach Wilson were playing in this game, I would have been very much sounding the alarm bells for the Cincinnati Bengals this week because you're on your third road game in a row, third of three. So you're at the end of this big road trip. You just had the biggest win, arguably, in franchise history, at least since the 1988 AFC Championship game, right? (laughs) I mean, long time. Biggest win in my lifetime, especially regular season. You come off that win. You've got the Browns staring at you after the Jets. So it's this road game jammed in between two divisional games, two weeks before the bye, riding high. Jets have a good interior defensive line, and that maybe is the weakness of the Cincinnati Bengals is the interior offensive line, and I'd be sounding the warning signs because, hey, Zach Wilson, that's how they beat the Titans. Zach Wilson makes a couple of special throws throughout that game. He shows his potential. He shows his skill. They eke out a three-point win against a good Tennessee team. That's the path that I could see for the Jets. The problem is, though, this is a top five, maybe top ten, if they've gotten lucky with the scheduling, Bengals' defense against Mike White. So even if the Bengals are flat, the offense is down, it just doesn't really feel like Mike White is going to be able to put up the 20 points he would need to put up to beat this Bengals team because with Jamar and Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow, even sleepwalking, they're probably going to find a way to put up 17 minimum in this game. So you got to get to 20 if you're the Jets, and I just don't see that formula.
1: Well, see, uh, the way that I've talked about it on the radio, right, is that I would say, and I'm again, coming from a Jets fan, right, I would take every skilled position player that the Cincinnati Bengals have over whoever the New York Jets have. You know, Zach Wilson, not as good as, as what Joe Burrow is right now. Maybe it can be. You know, I mean, he's just a rookie, but, you know, takes the uh, takes the injury. Uh, but you look up and down skill position-wise, you know, I don't think the Jets are going to get to 20 points. You know, Michael Carter, uh, they're going to have to rely on a whole lot. You know, Tony Coleman's been ruled out. Corey Davis, looking like he's not going to be in there. So you're really depending on, you know, Jameson Crowder, Elijah Moore, and Denzel Mims to try to get the job done out of your skill position players. You know, maybe the Jets' defense can, can throw off um, – you know, Cincinnati a little bit. But, you know, overall, um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a 30-point game for Cincinnati as long as everything goes the way that, you know, that, that Cincinnati can do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Jets, I mean, that interior of the defensive line, Connor, I mean, that's what I just keep looking at as the path for the Jets. I want you to do this. I need you to make it up. I don't care. I know because as a Jets fan, you're probably looking at this like, no way, man. 10-point spread, no way. But as Bengals fans, there's quite a few Bengals fans out there who still have those old Bengals insecurities, and they're not willing themselves to relax for this game. So I want to go ahead and do this exercise because I think it's healthy for all of us when you have a team favored like this because this is the NFL, this is a close league, nothing is 100%. So let's create the path, you and I, for the Jets to get a victory in this game? Like, what events need to happen in this game for the Jets to come out victorious and for Bengals fans to be really embarrassed going into Monday?
1: Well, you need a couple of things, right? I mean, you need the defense to step up for New York. Uh, and that's going to start with Quentin Williams uh, and, and that interior defensive line. Which, right? If you get Williams up, and C.J. Mosley is, is projected to come back in this game as well. And Mosley, you know, was a big signing. Opted out during the COVID year and was injured the year before. Uh, So you haven't, the Jets really haven't seen a whole lot of CJ Mosley out on the field, but he will be a big pickup uh, as as some reinforcements for that Jet defense. Um, So it's really trying to figure out a way, which is tough in the NFL, to stop what Jamar Chase has done this year. Um, And it's going to be trying to put pressure on Joe to speed him up a little bit, um, even though he's not really been off target. You got to speed up that internal clock and, uh, and try to make him force plays and almost like, you know, when, when Joe threw those three interceptions back to back to back earlier this season, um, you, know, you need to win the turnover battle if you're in New York on defense and you know on the flip side, you know, you need to get points on the board, right? I mean, that's basic NFL talk. Um, uh, but you're going to really have to rely on Michael Carter. Uh, you're going to have to rely on Jameson Crowder. Uh, and then, you know, one of your other at skill position players are gonna to have to step up, whether that's Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, or Ty Johnson. Uh, but you need a big game from someone on that Jets offense, you know, to continuously put points up on the board. Uh, because, you know, if there is a turnover, if there is a mistake on, on Cincinnati's side, you know, it it's not going to affect them down the road. I think Cincinnati's proved that they can just shrug off, you know, any mistakes that they've had and get back to just playing solid sound football. Um, so if you're the Jets, I mean, if, if you have some kind of a lead, like they say, all, all, uh, all gas, no brakes, right? And, and they have to step up and they have to prove that against one of the better teams, in the NFL. If they do that, if they're able to get win the turnover battle and have somebody step up on that offense, I think that they can, that would be a, a path to victory for New York. Yeah, I think that if I were the Jets
0: coaching staff, my, <laughs> this is going to sound really disrespectful. Um, but they already traded for Joe Flacco because that's how much they believe in Mike White. (laughs) They're bringing him back. So this is Mike White, okay? So I'm looking at this game, okay, we cannot be losing at the end of the first quarter because our team will give up because Mike White's a quarterback. If I'm the coaching staff, I'm having a meeting with the coaches. I go, hey, Connor, we can't be losing at the end of the first quarter, can't be we got to get out of the first quarter at least tied. 0-0, maybe we're up 3 nothing. something. I need that. Then in the second quarter, um, you're going to need a special teams, a big special teams play or a defensive touchdown or a defensive near touchdown, something that sets up inside the 10. The Bengals are going to have to have fumbling problems, and the Bengals are going to have to be really sloppy with penalties. And the Jets, at the same time, conversely, can't turn it over can't have more penalties than the Bengals, can't allow any defensive or special teams touchdowns or big swing plays. They have to play perfect, and they have to keep this game in the teens and hope that they can steal points, kick some more field goals, maybe a missed field goal from Cincinnati, and the Jets get out of there with a 17-14 win. That's the path, right? That's the path to me. Or a 2017 win with a defensive touchdown. They need those plays that completely change football games. That's what the Jets need. Because if you look at the talent up and down this roster, it's just not there. It, it, w- it wouldn't be there if everybody was healthy. And then you go up and down the injury report, and it's just not there. The, the Jets, right now, their only strength defensively that I can find is they're only allowing 4.1 yards per attempt on the ground, Connor, which is 10th in the league. The problem is they've been down big so often that teams are running in run-expected situations. So I don't even know how good the Jets are run defensively because they haven't been faced with, hey, they're, they could pass, they could run. They haven't been faced with that all too often. And if the strength of your team, the one thing when I look up and down the stats, the strength of your team through seven weeks is only 10th in run defense. I mean, that's just a bad football team. So, I mean, it would be... Any other result other than the one I just mentioned, which I could see it's possible, would, would absolutely shock me, Connor. Um, like Mike White coming out and throwing three touchdowns, 300 yards, would be absolutely, utterly shocking. I mean, just unbelievable, and I, I frankly just don't see it happen because I think the Bengals are too good defensively. And I'm sure you guys have talked about that on, on, SEO, on, on Southeast Ohio Radio, Connor, because this is what's carrying the Bengals to their Super Bowl window, is their defense. Because Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, I think all of this would have happened. But they'd probably be a three and four fun offensive team if the defense hadn't hit. But now that the defense has hit, I mean, what are you guys talking about down there? Is What's Troy Boland feeling? Is he feeling Super Bowl window? Like, how, how's how's the attitude in Southeast Ohio about the Cincinnati Bengals?
1: I mean, it's never been higher. I mean, you're walking around, you know, Athens, and you know, you got Ohio University around in the area, right? Um but if, if you just take a walk uptown Athens, whether it's college students, whether it's you know locals here, people are wearing bangles. You know they're they're bringing out the jerseys. They've got the hats on. Wow. Um, you know a lot of a lot of number nines are, are coming out. Wow. I think I've seen more. I think I've seen more Cincinnati gear than I have OSU gear. What? And that's saying something. Are you serious? You're playing with me. I Listen, maybe it's because I don't get out and about as much as I uh, used to after I graduated. But, you know, it seems to be that there's a lot of confidence in these Cincinnati Bengals to get the job done week in, week out. And it's that optimism that, you know, I at least haven't seen here in my five, six years here in Southeast Ohio. Well, you know, I went to OU um, in Athens,
0: Ohio. You know, this is for the listener. Just why I'm saying, wow, there's uh, so many Bengals jerseys in Southeast Ohio because. I remember a game I walked out of the Buffalo Wild Wings there. They don't sponsor us, but you're welcome. Um, I walked out of the Buffalo Wild Wings there, Connor, in my Bengals jersey after the Cowboys jumped up like 21-0 on the Bengals. I I forget the year. Probably 2017. I don't know. Just in a really sad era. I went to college 2016 to 2019, which is like the collapse of the Cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) That's the perfect era to collapse in. And I remember walking out of that bar wearing a Bengals jersey walking all the way back to my dorm and didn't see one, not one. And we're in Ohio, the state of Ohio. And I didn't see one. And I remember that I, I, I can't even Connor. Like I was one of the only Bengals fans you knew personally, dude. And we went to school in Ohio, right? I mean, yeah. no, nobody was passionate about it or excited about it. Or, you know, I, I think Joe Hennessy, they're starting to come into my brain, all the Bengals fans that I knew, but they, none of us were really proud of it. None of us wore the jerseys. So to hear that, you're walking through Athens, a town that is either dominated by Bobcat stuff because that's the university, Ohio State stuff because that's the closest pro-like sports team, Steeler stuff, Brown stuff because those stadiums aren't too far, a lot of people from Cleveland. There's never been Bengals jerseys like that. So for you to tell me that, it just adds to the feeling that everybody else has that there's a real cultural shift happening with the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's all Joe Burrow. I mean, it's all Joe Burrow, and I, I think that's that's amazing and that's beautiful.
1: I thought it was funny how CJ Uzama uh, there was a, a video out on Twitter, and you know he's kind of thanking the national media members for recognizing the Bengals and covering the team, uh, but he's also telling them how to pronounce his last name. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, but, I did. Um, yeah, it's that's the kind of level to where. You know, Cincinnati really hasn't been covered by national media because there hasn't been anything really coverable, you know, unless they're playing a a team that had success in the NFL last year, this year, whatever it is. But, you know, now Cincinnati has got that point to where they're the number one seed in the AFC, Lucas. You know, I mean, this is the first time in a long time that there is a lot of excitement surrounding that team. And you have a couple of uh, two special guys. I mean, the whole, you know, offense can go off, whether it's Uzama, whether it's uh, Higgins, whether, you know, Jamar Chase continues to do what he's been doing. Like anybody can can go off on any given game, which has been special for Cincinnati. And on the flip side, Lou Anarumu done a, a tremendous job yeah. on defense for, for the Bengals. You know, last year, that defense inside of two minutes, they were giving up points almost every single time. I remember listening on the radio, you know, WATH is an affiliate of Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, just listening in, like, all right, opposing team has a ball. They're going to score, but this defense has held strong, you know, week in and week out. Uh, You know, Hendrickson's been phenomenal to watch. Uh, You know, Larry Okunjobi, Chitabay Wuzier, like these guys have stepped up and the money that they spent on defense was well spent. And, you know, it's kind of a model that I'm hoping that the Jets follow. You know, you have your potential quarterback of the future in Zach Wilson. Right now he's injured. He's going to miss a couple of games. Uh, hopefully, it, it is just a couple of things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the- I'm
0: gonna stop you here, Connor, I, because I think the league, <laughs> I, I think the league is gonna do this. I, I really do think the league is gonna do this because of how special this Bengals team could be. But what everybody will miss if they try to do this is that the only reason this is all happening is that you might have the greatest leader at the age of 24 in NFL history in the locker room. Like that, I mean, if you really look at the details of what is happening in Cincinnati, the reason those free agents you mentioned came, um, the reason that guys are playing to their ceiling, the reason that they had 100% attendance at all voluntary workouts this offseason. No Bengal missed a single voluntary workout this offseason. Nobody. Only team in the NFL that happened. So... Those things that happen to create something this special is not a model for the NFL to try to follow. Some of the team-building aspects are, you know, I'll sign this defensively, but that model, uh, it's, you need that type of quarterback that's that type of leader. Um, I would more follow, if I'm the Jets, I'm following the Chargers model, which is build that offensive lineup because I think that their skill positions are fine But you need to protect Zach Wilson first and foremost. And they just have to get better up front. I mean, Barrett Tucker's fine. You know, Becton's fine. Like, I I think they're getting there-ish. But they just need to build up that offensive line and then get back to fundamentals on defense. I I don't don't think there's any jet fuel to this Jets thing. They've got to do this the right way. But I can see the similarities with Robert Sala you know, looking kind of foolish, and then Zach Taylor develops in his third year. So I can see the parallels that the league is going to try to take. But if the league tries to follow the Joe Burrow-Bengal model, they will fail most times. Just like I think anybody in college, if they're like, oh, we need to do what LSU did. Like, dude, no, that was special. That's something you don't repeat. Um, It's kind of like the Golden State Warriors. The entire NBA tried to copy the Golden State Warriors, and ain't nobody successful with it. The the other teams that won titles either had the, had to have the warriors get hurt or they were filled with big men like the lakers. So I, I just I warn against that. Well, maybe we can we can and I think you understand that Connor of the the character that Joe Burrow is is the reason this is happening, not just the player.
1: Well, right. I mean, you do have those intangibles that you know you can't just swap out you know Joe Burrow for anybody else, right? You know, Zach Wilson is his own guy. Joe Burrow is his own guy. I think it was in a, a press conference. I don't know who the reporter compared Joe to, but you know, Joe just wanted to be Joe, right? Burrow just wanted to be Burrow, um, and Zach Wilson has to figure out, you know, what kind of a leader. And you know, he's young. You know, he is still figuring out his way in the NFL. I'd say, you know, we're really going to see what kind of a player that Zach Wilson is. Obviously, when he gets back from injury, you know, we'll see what kind of a player he is next year, or potentially the year after, right? Uh, you know, you had the whole Sam Darnold thing. Sam Darnold in the new system at the beginning of this year looked really good, you know, leaving the Jets going to the Panthers. But he got benched last week, right? And and the Giants beat the Panthers. So, you know, maybe Sam Darnold wasn't the, the quarterback that, that the Jets drafted in third overall, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, but hopefully Zach Wilson is. You know, and hopefully Wilson might not have the same intangibles that that Joe has, but you know his own uh, character traits that that will allow him to lead. You know, the entire NFL team and and try to change that culture for the Jets because somebody has to, right? I I like Robert Sala, I think he's a good head coach, um, but you know we we got to figure out you know put all the pieces behind him, put all the pieces you know protect Zach Wilson on the offensive line. Uh, you know you got to get Macayvektin back. And then just roll the dice for at least the rest of this season. Go into the off season, try to pick up some more pieces and uh, and, and figure it out. But um, while you can't imitate, while you can't you know replicate what Cincinnati is doing right down to a T, you know I don't think it's a, a bad you know at least model. You know to try and model. You're not going to get the exact same results copying any other team. I mean you have to figure it out how to win on your own. But if the Jets are able to take Maybe a little bit from what the Chargers have done. Maybe a little bit from what Cincinnati has done. You know, support your head coach, um, you know, and give him the resources he needs to be successful uh, instead of you know running everybody out of town. Now, I was not a big Adam Gase supporter, you know, especially you see Gase bouncing back and forth, and you know the Dolphins weren't a a winning team before Gase joined the Jets, right? So, I I think that we have the right coach. Um, You know, I'm hopeful that we have the right quarterback and now it's just getting all those pieces around them and trying to figure out how to put together a winning football team.
0: Yeah. I I think the, the number one thing to model from the Bengals is patience. I preach that so many times early in my sports casting career, patience, 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 patience. Um, And patience gets tough. Once you have a two and 14 football team, um, and I think the entire fan base got impatient with ownership, impatient with Zach Taylor, impatient with Lou Anna Rumo, impatient with all these things. Um, and I just don't want the Jets to do that to Sala because I think he has got his head screwed on straight. I think he's a smart guy. I think he just needs time. I, I think patience is the thing to preach. And I think if any if anybody wants to learn anything from the Cincinnati Bengals and how they handled the draft, just look at the Dolphins. The Dolphins turned themselves into a mess because they weren't patient enough with Tua. They weren't patient enough behind the scenes that even if they were interested in Deshaun Watson, they couldn't keep that quiet. They weren't patient enough to develop with Tua, and now they're going to have a losing season and then have to move on to a new quarterback, and maybe it'll work out, but maybe it won't. Deshaun Watson was a great quarterback in Houston. They still lost games. So, I just... And that was one of the most hilarious storylines that the Dolphins are a better place for a quarterback to go than the Bengals. It's, it's hilarious. You take out Dan Marino, it is Bengals by a landslide. Landslide in the quarterback competition in terms of success, Pro Bowls, All Pros, anything you want. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so patience is, is really what I'm preaching. All right, let's get to prediction time here, Connor. Um, I, I've been forcing you to be as positive as possible about the Jets. Um, because if you and I both came on here and said, eh, they're not gonna win. The whole show, we would look pretty silly on Monday <laughs> if the NFL came back and bit us, which some Bengals fans are fearful of in the back of their head. So let's talk about predictions. What do we think the Cincinnati Bengals and New York Jets, what do we think the result of that game's gonna
1: be this Sunday? I think the Bengals get at least two thirty Again, if, if we're going off a of recency bias, right, if I'm, I'm I'm taking a look at the scores from rounds, you know, past couple of weeks, right, the Jets have given up 54, 27, 24, 26. They're at least giving up, you know, 20 points per game, and the Panthers just missed by one. So this defense, you know, has, again, they, they've only been to 20, right, 20 points, 27. I mean, 54 last week was, was a bad week for this defense, um, you know. I'm going to probably say Cincinnati scores at least 30. And, you know, the Jets will, will get maybe a, a touchdown or two. You know, I'm not really sure what White is going to give New York. And the interesting thing that I, I found about White, I know we're giving predictions here, but the Jets have cut Mike White four times. <laughs> <last season. laughs> they cut him four times. And that was a, a report uh, out by ESPN. Um, <laughs> but they have cut. And then he always came back. I mean, it's a, a huge testament to the character that Mike White is because, you know, he kept on coming back to the Jets and now he won that backup role and he's now going to play a couple games in the NFL. I mean, he went in last week and now he's, he's got these men this week. Um, so I do think that, you know, there's probably not a whole lot of pressure on White where he's, he's got to press and, and try to, you know, overthink situations. He's just probably going to be some guy out there uh, enjoying himself, having a good time, and you know, feeling plain relaxed, unless you know he's getting hit every which way. Which he will. Um, so White's White's playing like a man who has nothing to lose. Uh, so I, I got to imagine maybe there's a touchdown or two in that arm. I'll say thirty to fourteen. Cincinnati win. Thirty fourteen. I don't. That's f- a thirty fourteen.
0: I, 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 that's fair. I mean, the Jets defense only gave up. Um, 30 plus points one time to Belichick. And I I don't know if Zach Taylor has a bead on the Jets the way Bill Belichick does. I feel like that Bill Belichick knew the Jets roster better than Robert Sala does. Like that's watching that game. It's like, oh, (laughs) Bill's got such a handle on the division that Robert Sala doesn't even know how best to coach his team. And I bet Bill Belichick could walk over to the other sideline, pick up Sala's headset and do a better job just because of the experience level. And so I don't know if Zach Taylor is going to have that type of advantage in this game. I also think no matter what this talk about culture and no complacency, I think that the end of a road trip jammed in between two divisional games against a bad team, there's not many teams in NFL history that don't at least have moments of trap game E. And so what I mean by that is I think the Bengals are going to have too many penalties on offense. Uh, I, I think the interior of the Jets defensive line is going to give the Bengals some issues, and that's where we're going to get a lot of the penalties, more false starts, more holdings, more all those things. Uh, I think the Jets are going to come out with a really unique and tricky game plan on offense, and I think that they're going to have a cheap touchdown in the first quarter while the Bengals' defense gets situated. It goes into quarter two, and everybody gets serious, and the Bengals end up winning this game 24-7. to 7. Um, and I don't even know if it's going to be a great day from the offense. I think it could look ugly. I think it could look choppy. I think it could just be a get out of there with a three-score win and give Browns fans a reason to hope um, against the Cincinnati or a reason to not just hope, but, to, oh, we're definitely going to beat the Bengals um, heading into that game, into the bye week. So 27-7 to 7 is my final prediction. I don't think the Bengals get over 30. Now, you want... There's one scenario, Connor, I want to bring to you. Um, And if, if it happens, I mean, this team will seriously probably win the Super Bowl. If they come out, Connor, and none of this complacency stuff exists at all. Like, if they come out and they look like it's the third quarter against Baltimore, they're that crisp, they're giving that much effort, they're closing down that fast, and they're executing at that high of a level, that means the Joe Burrow effect has fully happened. And that means this thing is about to take off like a frickin' rocket ship. And the ceiling of it is beyond anything either of us could imagine. Um, because that that would mean I don't think they're a normal NFL team. If they just come out right away, and I know it's a bad Jets team, but if they come out and look crisp, efficient, smooth, nearly perfect, then I'm just like, wow. This, this really is a different, different, different team.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would have, um again that that would lead towards you know thinking that this team is last week was they arrived, right? If they look like that third quarter on, you know, they they're they've more than arrived. They, they're here, right? They're there's something that the NFL has to worry about. Um I was in the press box somewhere here in Southeast Hawaii. I think I was in Nelsonville, York's uh press box. You know, a lot of these guys have seen Joe play throughout high school, and the one Thing that that they told me was it always takes Joe, you know, maybe the first half, maybe the first quarter, maybe even the first drive, but it takes him some time to diagnose what that defense is trying to do against him, right? So he, somewhere mid game, you know, Joe is able to flip that switch and figure out exactly what that defense is trying to do, make the in game adjustments, and then do what he did against, you know, Baltimore last week, right? So I do think that there is a little bit of a Maybe not a delay, but there is a little bit of a, a wait. Joe will try to figure out what the defense is doing, and then he goes in for the kill, uh, which, I mean, it worked to perfection last week against a, a very talented Baltimore Ravens team. Um, but that's at least, you know, from people who've watched him play high school, they say, you know, it's going to take him, you know, whether it's the first drive, whether it's, you know, first half, it takes some time to really figure out what that defense is trying to do. And then once he figures it out then he, almost always does, you know, he's able to put points up on the board.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like what LeBron does. He just comes down the court playing slow, da-da, make a pass here. What are they doing? How are they handling this switch? You know, it's the sign of a highly intelligent player. Um, And I also think, though, this is why the league is built for Joe, because what happens when he's played the same defensive coordinator four times? What happens then? I mean, because right now the statistics are showing, and we've, we've tweeted that on the Coney account, the second time he's played a team, he's 3-1, and one, and in the game he lost, he had two game-winning drives. And those four games are four of his highest passer rating, highest yardage totals. It is a statistically significant number now. The second time he sees you, he starts to destroy you. Okay, so what happens the third time? What happens the fourth time? What happens when he sees you an eighth time? That's why... This is different than the 2015 8-0 Bengals. This is different than Carson Palmer in 2005. This is different than anything we've experienced because of the brain. You're not relying on arm strength, deep shots, big plays. You are relying on his brain. That is sustainable. Not only sustainable, but as we're seeing with 44-year-old Tom Brady, sustainable to the point that you're not sure. I'm not sure how much life... I'll live before Joe Burrow's done playing football. And that's so exciting. That is so exciting. It's it's really, really unbelievably thrilling. And I hope, Connor, that as a Jets fan, you get to experience that soon. But you've basically been living in Southeast Ohio long enough that we welcome you to the Bengals bandwagon and the Joe Burrow bandwagon. And we know that you're cheering for our success. And we really do appreciate that.
1: Of course. I mean, listen, Jets will always be my number one. uh, But with my time here in Southeast Ohio, you know, I'll throw my full support behind the Bengals, uh, and I'll root for a good game this Sunday. But you know, for every, taking all things into consideration, you know, a win for the Bengals does a whole lot more than a win for the Jets this week. Uh, so I'll, again, rooting for Cincinnati this week, and then uh, Jets all the way down the stretch. But you know, it's been fun to watch. It's fun to uh, you know see that transformation that Cincinnati's taken. You know, since I started here, what? back in 2017 yeah. and uh, all the way up until now. Yeah, I was that really annoying Bengals fan
0: trying to defend the 2017 <laughs> Bengals on air. I remember there's some bad takes, bad takes, bad takes, but they're all done now. It's over with, and we're on to Joe Burrow and better things. Connor, thank you so much for uh, giving your time today to the 3AM Coney. We really appreciate it. We knocked out three podcasts this week. And, and, and uh, you being a part of it makes it awfully special, and, and we really appreciate it.
1: Hey, it was great broadcasting with you. either on a podcast, over air, wherever we're doing it. Uh, always, good, always good to be with you, Lucas. Always fun with Connor
0: Mills. And, uh, yeah, really great episode. Really exciting game this Sunday because I want to see where the culture is. I mean, I think this is a culture test game. Not really a test for the talent, but for the culture. And that's exciting. It's the 3 am Coney. We'll see you next time.